gift, gift, gift. Can you hear us okay? Hit that mute button, uh, microphone button oh, at the bottom. Can left. you guys hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. There yes. we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got to do this like uh, Zoom, you know, where you're just like, I'm just talking randomly, talking randomly, but no mic. <laughs> <laughs> and we just see lips moving, but we don't hear anything. <laughs> right? You know, this is this is this is this is our history now. This is part of the tradition of going through digital uh, communications. <laughs> <laughs> this is all a piece of cake now, although we we keep messing it up. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it going. Hello and welcome to U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Tonight on the show, we have the founder and director of the HBCU Rugby Classic, Gif Abelu, and also joining us later in the show, USA Rugby Men's Pathway Director Brandon Keene joins us. If you're not already following us, please do us a favor. Follow us here on Twitter and Instagram at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning to get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League, if I can say that word, Major League Rugby and more. Also, if you are listening to this show as a podcast, yes, this is being recorded and it will be released as a podcast tomorrow. Uh, please do us a favor and subscribe. Allow notifications to get pinged when new episodes are uploaded. And please leave us a five-star rating. My mother would be very proud of us if you did that. Uh, I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, and with me, as usual, I believe, doing all the heavy lifting, is my co-host, Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick. Hey, Fitzy. Hey, Bill. Good evening, everyone. How's it going? Good, man. All right, you're there. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to have Good to see you. Good to hear you, whatever else. Um, uh, You know what's funny is last week's show, uh, we said there was nothing to talk about. I I don't mean our guests. I mean like news, USA Rugby, MLR news, whatever this past week. Really not much. But this week, whole different story, right? I mean, we're keeping up, you know, just some headlines there to lose yeah. uh, possibly coming over in September. Uh, August tour for the USA men's, at least three matches. I'm, I'm sure there'll be summer uh, tour announcements at some point too. Hong Kong sevens this weekend, which, mm-hmm. man, I, I wish I was there for that one. Uh, and then, uh, like a couple of days after our show last week, USA Women beat Spain, which was um, awesome to see. They, of course, they have uh, their their uh, uh, North American neighbors, Canada, this weekend, I believe. Uh, yep, so that'll be cut out for them. But man, that's some good news. I mean, it's finally some good news this week, or something to talk about. You know, speaking of Hong Kong, I thought Perry Baker was supposed to send us tickets. Remember that? <laughs> uh, he did. He just didn't send us plane tickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he sent you tickets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he says this is for you and. Fitzy, you just need to be able to afford those flights to Hong Kong. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll see you one day. <laughs> no, it's 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 fun, man. I, I do want to get there one day, Fitzy. We uh, it's, it's like a must-get to tournament. It's one hundred percent. Yeah, as good as like the Las Vegas Sevens were, Hong Kong is like exponentially uh, uh, bigger. It's just a huge event. Uh, also, uh, some some big news uh, uh, for I think I want to say for our Rugby Pod fans, um, uh, the Eagle Eyed Rugby Podcast. We're kicking that off again. Uh, rebooting it. We haven't done a show since uh, about this time last year. And today I interviewed Nick Savetta, which was a really good interview. Uh, we, we talked a lot about, um, you know, injuries and stuff, reasons for his uh, decision to retire. 
Mm-hmm. Um, especially that, two, that 2019 injury where he dislocated his ankle. It was like, ugh, God, talk about that. And to have him get back within two months to play in the 2019 World Cup was pretty amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, he kind of said, he's like, yeah, a lot of tape. He feels like uh, he's the reason why USA Rugby went bankrupt because they used so much tape on his ankles. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, Nick. <laughs> uh, but anyway, check out that interview in the next week or so here. Uh, he, he does talk about He's still going to be around rugby. He is uh, helping coach Oxford, which is uh, a very nice deal for him. But uh, it was good to catch up with Nick. And always a good interview. And, and that guy's got a level head on his shoulders. He's going to be around for a while. Um, but, yeah, that's it. That's it for me as far as the news coming out here. Anything else touch, uh, you know, across uh, your brain that you liked? Uh, I think we got a full slate of MLR action. There's going to be all 10 teams in action this weekend. Oh, yes. Very pivotal round seven. Yeah. Nice. That's right. I was looking it up um, earlier today for the our fantasy league, and I thought I was looking through the buys where I'm like, wait, that's a lot of teams playing. No one's off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fitz. So let's get into it. Um, I, 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 our guest is like eagerly. Our first guest is eagerly waiting right now. I think he's either in his car, on his bike, he's going for a walk. I don't know what it is. Uh, but joining us first tonight is the HBCU founder and director, Gift Abelu. Gift, how are you? I'm doing really good, y'all. I thank you so much for allowing me to come through. And for for the record, I am in a car. You know, it's just coincidence. I, <laughs> your accuracy is is a little too right. I'm just saying it's coincidence now. <laughs> gift, well, I gift. I just want to warn you: these DC drivers, they are off the chain. They are not very good. <laughs> just be careful. Two hands on the wheel. You got a signal right. like a thousand feet in advance. It's crazy out here. <laughs> Hey, look, look, you know, I, I I came prepared. You know, I went through a couple countries just to be ready for these DC-style drivers. <laughs> Jeez. Wait, wait, so, so yeah, okay, you're obviously in the States because you got that big event this weekend, and we will talk about that event in a minute. Um, but how long have you been back in the States? Uh, I got back um, March 7th? March oh, it's been 8th. a while, okay. March 8th. Yeah, so, you know, it, whenever you say yeah. But, you know, I've been gone, you know, obviously since last year about the same time, so... You know, it's 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 very it's very interesting, very nice to be able to come back into it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, technically, you haven't really left because uh, I I've seen about ten different Instagram accounts for you, and I I, I wonder if you're afraid of missing out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, you, we, we got to stay in the mind. You know, you never know what person's gonna see what. You know, I, I like to take no chances. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we, we need some background, okay? Uh, HBCU, uh, well, tell us a bit about that. Not not the rugby classic, but talk about the schools. Give us some background on these schools. Yeah, look, you know, this year we got uh, Morehouse and Prairie, uh, Morehouse and uh, Howard University uh, for the men. We got Howard University women. Uh, we're playing, though not an HBCU, very talented team, University of Maine Farming. Oh, wow. And, you know, both these teams are are uniquely interesting, and of course, we got our high school side, Withrow uh, High School, as well as uh, as well as Crystal Ray out of Philadelphia. Um, in terms of the HBCUs, you know, Morehouse is at this moment uh, they entered the scene in 2012, and you know have been trying to make the, continue to make their mark uh, accordingly uh, from there. There are actually our 2019 champions uh, for the HBCU Rugby Classic, so. You know, they're here to reclaim their title. Um, Howard Men, who are a- absolutely hosting it, this is their second year uh, in, in existence. They started 2021, really trying to make a break. Really quick team, you know, really good set of guys. And they've been almost uh, 
single-handedly being able to maintain this in this D.C. area. You know, it's one thing to do do the classic, but it's another to do it remotely. So, uh, you know, big, big ups to them. But they, they're an up-and-coming team. Um, Howard Women, oh, my goodness. This is a team that's – they are – are dedicated, they are detailed, uh, and they are dominating uh, this year. They are 10-0 on the season, looking to make a push for the playoffs. And, nice. uh, you know, we get a chance to see them uh, in live action and uh, and really get them on, on film on a, on a at least a bigger platform. And I think they're going to be a true treat for people to be able to watch. Now, you mentioned uh, UMaine Farmington. Um, I actually yes. – I actually the women's team, right? Exactly. Now, now, I caught them um, last fall up here in, in Massachusetts. They were playing against Endicott. I believe that was the UMaine side I'm thinking of. And unfortunately, and that was, I think, this nature of maybe a lot of college women's teams, they showed up with maybe 14 players. Uh, yeah. And Endicott ended up going on at the end of that season to win the national championship. But let's just say it wasn't in, in UMaine's favor. But it's just they fought so hard and they ended up dropping a few players. So by halftime, they called the game. But I, I love to see them, you know, I, I don't want to say not give up, but I love seeing teams just keep fighting. Go, yeah, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to play in D.C. now. We're going to a little tour, that kind of thing. So it's great to see teams like UMaine uh, competing in this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, you know, tenacity is the, the soul of rugby, right? Like, if you don't have the resilience to kind of push through your obstacles, it's very difficult to perform in this sport. So, you know, whenever they accepted being able to come through, like, you know, despite everything that's been going on, they have found a way to make it happen. And to say the least, it is it is awesome to have them be a part of this. I I can't say anything more uh, more positive for them. Gift for, for the programs that are participating in the the HBCU Rugby Classic. You know, how established have these schools been in rugby? Or let me rephrase that: How long have these schools had? rugby programs are these relatively new programs have they been growing for a little bit yeah so okay in terms of the total hbcu roundabout the only one that we have missing right now is prairie view a and m uh unfortunately just weren't able to make it through but you know for morehouse like i said they were 2012 they are the first fully active hbcu rugby program so we're talking about we're 11 years into this whole uh process uh, from there, it was actually Florida A&M that came almost a few months after they did. Uh, just missed the, the first title by a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, they went defunct uh, a couple of times, and uh, hopefully they'll make a resurrection again. Uh, a Prairie View A&M came into fruition in 2013, uh, and you know they've been steadily building, and, and they have a really solid team. They get some actual decent support from the school, uh, and they've made a name. They were our first champion for HBCU Rugby Classic in 2018. And uh, I, they've been a dedicated, strong, and, like, uh, we talk about tenacity, tenacious team themselves. Uh, so 2013, so we got 10 years. And then the Howard program is currently the newest program on the block. You know, we're talking about two years. Uh, they're pandemic babies, mm-hmm. to say the least, mm-hmm. if you want to call it. They are pandemic babies. To be able to have created the team, during that time, especially when all the universities were trying to figure out whether they would be open or not. And uh, even for the schools, I know you guys know in D.C., you know, there was just so much uh, pushback just because of how much COVID had impacted the area. Uh, so the women and the men to have built something from that and to get to a point where they are building consistently. The men are really showing themselves in sevens. And like I said, the women have, have 
killed it publicity and have been doing a great job, an amazing job mm-hmm. in 15s. Like, that's it's impressive. Two years, two and a half years of existence. Yeah, which you know, which is awesome, right? Any anytime there are more rugby programs coming online in colleges and universities, absolutely, right? Are that the programs that are coming online at HBCUs are these being driven by the students? I mean, it's a couple of you know men and women getting together saying, "Hey, we need to form a rugby team here," or are the university athletic departments trying to help, I guess, grow the game. No, these are all done by the students, and you know, it yeah. it, it it's something that I. I you love to see it, and it's it's great because it makes these organizations coming to existence. But we want to be able to make sure that we can have uh, the assistance. Thankfully, you know, we're in a position where there's a lot of people who are trying to be able to support these programs. But, you know, it's really tough to be able to create it from a student component. You know, from already from PWIs, it can already be uh, a bit of a task on its own just because of the nature of – uh, you know, holding a student uh, organized program, but with HBCUs, whenever at this moment you're starting, you're starting to see a rise of people of color, uh, mainly you know black and brown people, um, making more and more uh, of an appearance in rugby. But from the high school standpoint, you know it is still a developing point. And for those who have played, and then to choose an HBCU and then to take on the task of building an HBCU team, you know, that is a niche upon a niche upon a niche. So uh, it's developing, you know, we, we're getting a little bit more of the outside help from people like the uh, the RS Foundation, you know, uh, myself getting it from uh, individual supporters. But yeah, no, it's, it's a new process right now. This last five years has been really not even five, the last three years has been a real game changer in the uh, awareness. So Giff, let's jump ahead. Uh, but before we do that, let me just mention to our listeners, uh, if you'd like to come up and ask a question of Giff in, in our next guest, uh, the next half hour, uh, please do so. You can request in the bottom left of the Twitter app. If you're listening elsewhere, uh, you won't be able to ask questions uh, live with us unless you're on the actual app on the Twitter app. So go ahead and request. Uh, uh, we'd all love to hear your questions. Uh, and with that said, let's jump into gift. Let's jump into the rugby classic, which kicks off this Friday, uh, you're down in DC. Uh, talk about the event, uh, especially for those uh, not familiar with it. Yeah, look, you know, this has been a, you know, a personal. I'm not going to say project. This has been a personal mission mm-hmm. since 2018. This year we have oh, such an exciting lineup. You know, uh, it's a three-day tournament. You know, like I said, like you said, Friday is when we kick off. We have our opening presentations. Uh, this year, we're bringing in uh, the first stroll HBCU stroll show. And if you don't know what a stroll is, um, black fraternities and sororities, um, whenever you are, are are crossing, whenever you're you're joining, it's a uh, it's let's let's call it a rhythmic walking, a rhythmic movement uh, of of uh, a line of people. <laughs> Uh, and and basically representing their cities, we call it the D nine, if you may. Uh, a lot of people know. So uh, that's we're talking about alphas, alphas, alpha psi, alpha omegas, alpha ka, uh, um, uh, deltas, uh, AKAs, um, zetas, sigmas. You know the works. And so this year we're going to be actually having a competition uh, between them and see who has the best stroll off. On top of that, we got our block party, you know, which is going to be going on on the outside. That's Saturday happening, and that's during the big game. So if you want a little bit of food, you want a bit, Mm. 
a little bit more uh, DJ music. We got that. And then on top of that, on the field, uh, middle play, we got two amazing artists in a 16-year-old R&B phenom named Javier Gooden uh, and a uh, hip-hop gospel poetic J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar type named Josie, who's going to be showing off. He's a local guy as well. You know, it's 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 all encompassing. Our job, in essence, is to not only just put on a great rugby match, but we want to make sure we're putting on an entertaining showcase altogether so that whoever it is that comes, whether you are a first time, uh, you know, rugby watcher or whether you're a veteran, there's a little something for everybody. But more importantly, you come out of it with like energy. Yeah, I, I yeah. want you to have a hard time going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, let's let's go on. To our, before we go to our first listener question, just remind everybody if you'd like to ask a question, bottom left, request it. Uh, I know one or two others been been trying, and not sure why he couldn't get you up here, but just reminder: you need to be on the app on a phone to ask questions live. Uh, with that said, let's go to Smiley. Hi. So, Gifts, I'm a big fan. Like, uh, ever since I met you in 2016, uh, during the National Rugby Championship in Pennsylvania. So, my question is, uh, how much does being a winning team actually contribute to, like, actual turnout and bringing in, like, new recruits compared to other teams? Yo, Smiley One, uh, good, good hearing from you. Always love you. I miss you, bro. Miss seeing you. Um, and two, you know, I think when it comes to winning, I think it really just depends. If you win and nobody hears about it, it, it doesn't really help very much. I think that sometimes within rugby, we can get a little bit uh, overzealous of how much awareness that we have. And it's really important that we actually talk about those wins. And that's what will help with the recruiting. Uh, the second part of it is the wins really only work if your culture of your team makes sense uh because especially for new people coming through when it comes to recruiting uh it it to depend on how much they feel like they're getting some of the action and as well as they're getting to play so um i would say winning is maybe 25 percent of the the achievement it gives you the credibility and maybe a little bit of desire but the other part is what's the personality of your team what's the culture of your team and really uh how well are you able to develop uh, the players. Nice. Thanks, Smiley. All right, Gift, I think, yeah, I don't know if you're going to recognize this next listener's name, but I think he's a young kid out of the San Diego area. Let's go to Ryan. Gift, how you doing, man? <laughs> What's really good with you? Hey, um, just first and foremost, I just want to say a massive thank you from the um, former international to current professional um, and, and former club rugby guy. Um, it's people like you that make this sport special, and it's people like you and Bill dedicating your guys' time to growing this thing and you guys are a part of this train um you guys are the heartbeat of this train you're pushing this thing forward and we're headed to an amazing place in um american rugby and uh i just want to say thank you thanks to both of you guys for being huge uh, proponents of that yo ryan that means the absolute most man like legitimately yeah. thank you so much and and yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and, and and Ryan, man, you're 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 a legend, and and you're 
your love for the game in this country just it just bleeds out for everybody to see and it, it actually makes myself gift and fitzy just love doing this stuff too because guys like you would come on and just say those things freaking love it hey man facts like I, like I said we uh we all know that um you know the game doesn't happen with just one person um the game you know the, the players who step onto the field they're only a small part of what actually happens you know um i mean every everyone from you know the people in club rugby guys lying in the field to the referees uh, getting those permits i mean it's it's one big family and uh, I just always want you to know that uh, from the top down you guys are a part of that so um, yeah I guess I should get into my none of that's really a question it's more of a question so um, there's a guy I've been in communication with I actually coached his son for a number of years but a guy by the name of well funny enough his name is Guy uh, Guy Hagen and he's working on a project right now to basically bring um to, br- to bring varsity rugby to community colleges and um gif i just wanted to uh i want i just want uh, i mean outside of this you know feel free to reach out to me and i'll connect you with him i just think that you know with your drive and your passion and what you got going on um guy is somebody that uh i think you'd be really good to connect with i mean I-, I think community college is a great space um and i heard you talking about the howard's women's program um and, and all the amazing stuff that you're doing I'm, I'm fully on board rugby needs to be entertaining it needs to be a show um we want people to leave with a very special experience um that we can provide um, an entertainment value you know where rugby is another show in town and i think um anything um that's uh you know that resonates with the culture that's local to that area you know um i think we need to make sure that we're bringing those to collegiate men's um and obviously the the uh, professional games but you know going going back to i i um i really believe that collegiate um you know collegiate rugby is a very great space that um you know obviously a lot of people are working into but this community college space um i don't know if you've kind of had any interaction into that or help getting the funding from these colleges because basically the idea is hey you know you know for it being what it is you know colleges are are they're, they're opportunities for kids and you know colleges make themselves uh, more attractive with different features of you know different programs sports. oh sorry am i still on hey there yeah yep, yep, yep. um so anyways uh um, community colleges adding rugby to their programs obviously we've seen you know, what amazing things it's done with a team like Davenport or a team like Lindenwood, right? Um, those smaller colleges adding, but I think community colleges can be another ripple um, and basically can be kind of a, a uh, kind of a beta testing ground to see how varsity and how funding could work on the, you know, the Pac-12 level or the, you know, the big name schools and stuff like that. Obviously, we have a few outliers that have endowments and you know and that's great and those programs are doing awesome but you know realistically um, not every program is going to be able to have the alumni to be able to put that together to make that happen and um, you know finding rugby finding its way into collegiate programs I really really think that it can do uh, do our game a lot of good so kind of some questions and stuff info in there but yeah throwing it throwing it out there yeah I, I would say look the perfect example uh I think most recently is uh, Iowa Central Community College. I mean, they put together an amazing program, a championship program, uh, and have been able to utilize something that I think 
you're right. More more uh, uh, rugby programs should attach to it, especially because of the fact that as we're kind of going through this movement of trying to lower the cost of uh, going to you know, getting higher education, community colleges are typically where you're going to find maybe the earliest years, 18, 19, 20 year olds already trying to get their general studies out the way before going into their majors for uh, uh, four year universities. Add to that, you know, you still have a hotbed of uh, adults and uh, students uh, that are, you know, will learn that are trying to get their education and really could use the community. Um, you know, that that's one aspect that I, I think we all can agree with when it comes to rugby is that it makes it significantly easier to uh, connect with a subset of people uh, than it would be kind of like errantly walking campus on your own, especially one that's uh, a transient one like community college where, you know, you go home, you don't have a dorm room experience to bond. So, yeah, no, I think you have something right there. And I think especially at the varsity level, we see it for basketball. We already see it for other smaller sports. Um, I think rugby is right up there and and can thrive within that, uh, especially. Yeah, well said, guys. Uh, Ryan, man, thank you so much for uh, for calling in. Always a pleasure. Always welcome to call in also. Uh, hey, hey, Fitzy, I think uh, next week we should all do our show in our cars. I think I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, yeah. hey, and, and Bill, speaking, speaking of uh, college, the, the pathway, kudos to, to Ryan. He was, I think he was named uh, Director of Player Development for his alma mater, University yes. of Arizona, just a couple of days ago. So uh, developing young players out in Arizona, that's good stuff. Yeah, congrats, Ryan. And I'm working with Ryan right now and booking a time for him to come on again on this show or on the Eagle-Eyed Rugby podcast as well. So, again, he's always um, awesome to talk to. Ryan, you still there? I, I am, and I will uh, – uh, the other thing I wanted to jump in front of, I got a uh, – that was announced as something that kind of um, started to come into fruition last um, – over the uh, over the winter, and then actually I started in uh, January, but we were kind of were waiting for alumni and stuff. There's a big alumni weekend in Arizona, and we were kind of waiting to kick it off then. But that the, I got a handful of messages saying, "Oh man, congrats! Oh, you're moving back to Arizona? What happened with Legion? Did you get cut? It's an online role. I'm still playing. Like, don't worry. Like." They're like, oh, you know, I got some messages like, oh, I didn't see you on the roster against Atlanta. So, like, uh, you moving back to Arizona with immediate effect? Like, what happened, bro? And I'm like, no, no, no. No, everything's fine. I'm still playing rugby. So, no, uh, no, no, uh, no, no, no earth sh- shaking news there just yet. <laughs> All right, Ryan. But, um, oh, sorry, no, 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 you finish. No, I was just, I was just, um, so a few people have kind of asked me, well, what is that? What is that? What is a director of player development? And um, it was something that kind of started um, basically uh, I've been through coaching rugby and stuff as we all find ourselves. Yes, you find yourself. Anyone who finds themselves coaching rugby, we realize that, you know, especially with youth and college, you know, 25% of the time we're teaching the game and 75% of the time we're teaching about life. Um, and I've found that, you know, my personal experience through high-performance rugby, um, I had, you know, some pretty good uh, mentors. And um, I just, uh, I had the opportunity to... Casanova's team, it was founded by Nick Boyer, Thomas Robles, 
it was a seven team um, that was put together this summer to play in the Rugby Town Seven. Um, philanthropic background is to raise money uh, for Craig's Spinal Cord Rehabilitation Hospital in um, um, Colorado, and that was where Robert Paler had done his um, his rehabilitation. For those not familiar with Robert Paler, he's a uh, Cal rugby player who sustained a neck injury in the national championship game against BYU, um, and uh, he did his rehabilitation there. Um, and so Robert, um, you know, passion and spirit and dedication to the game, and obviously the way he's uh, bounced back from his injury uh, is kind of the, the foundation of this team. Um, it's an opportunity to give uh, American rugby players a, a chance at high-performance rugby, um, pretty much. And Robert was our uh, our 14th man, did our jersey, uh, did our jersey ceremony, and um, so, any, uh, sorry, I, I, I digress here. I thought, well, if I'm going to be a head coach and have this opportunity, um, how are we developing guys outside of the game? And we put on some um, some little seminars, uh, just, you know, some Zoom calls with some former rugby players who donated their time. Uh, recent uh, new signing over at the uh, Chicago House, uh, John Collins, uh, he gave some financial advice on how to kind of manage W-2s and 1099 when teams pay you as an independent contractor. And then um, another uh, former collegiate All-American, Paris Hollis, uh, out of Life University, good buddy of mine. We played together at Old Blue. He called in and and gave a a session on F&C and and sleep and stuff like that. I just thought about, man, you know, there is a lot of talent, um, a lot of guys coming through uh, these high-performance pathways, and I want to try and give them the knowledge that I didn't have until I was 27, 28, 29, you know. So that's basically what that role is with Arizona. I'm I'm trying to help, um, you know, for young – for, for you guys will probably all be aware of um, guys like EJ Freeman um, and Jake Brazell, younger brother Ben Brazell, two guys who are, are Wildcats. You know, working with players like that on, well, you know, how do you have these conversations with your teammates? How, how do you show up every day and um, keep yourself motivated and driven? What sort of books are you reading? Um, how are you structuring your morning to make the most out of your time? What are you doing with your night time, um, you know, to make sure you're doing your recovery, your school, how to manage all that stress? You know, getting picked, getting dropped, um, you know, injuries, these sorts of things that we don't really have, uh, you know, a guideline for. Obviously, everybody's different. Um, they kind of, every player has an individual journey. Um, but sorry to kind of hijack this whole thing. That's that. <laughs> and I will step back. I apologize. Sorry. No. That's no apologies. Needed. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, gift, I think he ran out of things to say anyway. Never. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that's not true. Hey, look, I'm here to absorb as much as I am to talk, man. Let's go. <laughs> uh, hey, so gift, a couple more things for you. And again, Ryan, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll, we'll chat again soon. Uh, Giff, a couple more things for you really quick uh, before we get on to our next guest. Um, some lighter stuff. I just I want to talk Brazil for a second. And I, I know you moved down there. Uh, but a much serious question. Has Scott Lawrence reached out to you to scout the Brazilian national side for the next time USA faces them? <laughs> you know, you know, look, look, you know, I I, I don't want to say too much. You know, we got to keep it NDA. But, you know, <laughs> let's just say we're starting to put names down. All right. Names are coming down. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you know it's it, it's really interesting. It's one of those places where I legitimately I, I think it's actually a really uh, interesting scouting area because the rugby there is far more established than I think we're giving it credit for. I mean, we see with like um, 
with with the uh, the the Super Rugby Americas team, and you know we've always had our, uh, our our issues with the national team, but it can always be assumed that they're coming from different places. But in Brazil, look, man, they got some players there. They got some legitimate players. Mm-hmm. They got something formulating over there. Something to watch out. <laughs> Gift, I, I I gotta ask since since uh, you've been appearing on rugby wrap ups, rugby odds the last two seasons. I always enjoy the back and forth between you and John C. Layfield. We all know he's a, a former WWE WWF wrestler. So I gotta ask you if you had a tag team wrestle Layfield, what all time wrestler would join your team? See, see, I, I would answer that, but I would already know I'm immediately going to lose. Like, how can you be able to put a team together enough to be able to beat just John's, uh, like, mental verbal game? Like, it is unstoppable right there. Like, you start stepping in and he just hits you, bop, 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 and you're just like, I, I can't say anything. I quit. I, I don't even want to get physical. Like, your words cut that deep, and it's perfect. That's the, that's the champ. That's why he's the champ. <laughs> Give give one one more question before we we let you go here. You're one of the best at promoting rugby. You know we always hear about how rugby needs to get with the times and do a better job of encouraging you know these athletes to showcase their personalities. If you were playing in MLR today, what would you do to bring awareness to yourself or the sport? Uh, you know, I, I like to take a, a book from two people that I especially, well, maybe let's say three, but really two specifically that really stand out the most to me in rugby right now would be like Lance Cavanaugh and uh, Akinola Raymond, who played for Old Blue. Mm-hmm. Lance played for Florida and a slew of other teams. What they're doing is incredibly, it's simple, but it isn't complex. But it grabs the attention. Lance, with his energy and and uh, uh, the way he does his lies, Aki with his uh, skit making, those two combinations would be exactly what I would do in MLR. What would make it entertaining for the audience while also not completely exhausting all the time together? Uh, and and it, would, it sets it off. I mean, also, I think Sam loves rugby and, and Ileona Mar do similar things. But that, that is it. How much do I get on uh, social media? How many stories can I be able to tell and make people relate to it in just the perfect way? Because I get to be, quote, quote, in the mix as opposed to a person on the outside or in. That professional status changes everything in terms of what people want to know. Nice. All right, Giff, before you go, one last thing. Remind our listeners where the HBCU Rugby Classic is being held and how they can get tickets. Yes. Uh, HBC Rugby Classic is taking place at Howard University in Washington, D.C., beautiful Howard University. You can grab tickets at uh, hbcurugbyclassic.com slash hbcurc2023. Um, and, of course, if you're not able to make it to the game, like if you're from wherever in the U.S., you're just simply unable to make it to the game. We have a pass-it-on ticket special. Basically, is if you... Uh, purchase one of our general weekend passes. That's the $40 pass, um, and you can't make it to the game, we will pass it on to three more people to allow them to come in. Basically, giving them a chance to be able to see the game and to be able to enjoy it without uh, too much running, because we know uh, we're dealing with students, we're dealing with people who don't know the game, and we want to make sure it's open and uh, honest, and it allows us to also get support and be able to, to continue doing these, because for what it's worth, this stuff is expensive and, and, and something that we want to be able to change the culture with. So the support from the community 
while also simultaneously being able to open it up to as many people as possible is uh, the, the winning combination for us. Outstanding. Hey, uh, drive safe. If you drive past Fitzy's house, go ahead and drive on his front lawn. He doesn't mind. <laughs> no, the kids are sleeping. <laughs> we stopped and get a little, get a bed. Just fit the bed. For <laughs> you know, come on in. We'll have a beer. <laughs> All right, Kip. Hey, good luck this weekend. Looking forward to hearing about this whole tournament after. Ah, man, thank you so much, man. Thank you all again for having me. You got it. Cheers. Hey, listener, we really appreciate you tuning in to these replays of Twitter Spaces U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. That was just the first half of the show. Be sure to check out the second half and previous shows here on your favorite podcast player. Also, please like, subscribe, or follow, and leave us a five-star review that helps get these shows in front of more and more listeners. Now, what are you waiting for? Go check out the other shows.